Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, amen. I'm ready to jump into the Word, and I pray that you are as well. And, okay, my wife's ready. Surprise you, she's like, please stop. Not with the word, though, so I'm happy about that. Uh, I'm coming just last night off a plane from Nashville where uh, since Thursday morning I was at a, a conference. Uh, it's a church-wide conference, but there was a, a particular stream or breakout for senior pastors and church leaders. And I just want to say that it was such a refreshing time to, you know, not that this is not refreshing for me, but you know, I'm here to pour out everything that I have. And by the time I leave on a Sunday afternoon, you can ask my wife, I'm empty. Besides the food, like, I, like I'm, I'm undone. But it was such a good time to be in the presence of God. And all I could tell my wife when she FaceTimed me that first night, and she's like, how, how is it going? I was like, all I could do is weep. All I kept doing was weeping. And, and, there's something about spending time in the presence of God, church, that nothing can compare. Nothing can compare. My wife told my son, she's like, he's like, how's dad doing? I sp- yeah, I spoke to him. He said he's been crying. And he's like, why? What's wrong? You know, and, and oftentimes we, we've been so busy working for the Lord that we don't spend time with the Lord. And if I could just, I always be, I'm always real with you. And being at the conference, I realized, it's like, Jonathan, you've been running around so fast, 100 miles an hour, that this is the first time in a long time that you were able to just stop. I had no kids around, you know, nowhere to go. You know, I paid for parking all day, and it said, you can't even leave the parking lot. So I was like, I'm, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And all I could do is weep in the presence of the Lord. And I told my wife, I said, I didn't care what the appeal was from the speaker, except for salvation, because I know I'm saved. But I said, every altar call, when they open the altars, I'm I'm going. I don't care. I'm going. And every time, when you just, you know, you feel like I got all of God, like I have enough of God, he would pour out even more. And I was like, wow, Lord, I'm undone in your presence. And, and I'm so grateful. And my prayer as I was receiving, I said, when I come back, I want to be able to pour out more on my wife and my kids at home, but for Weston as well. That, Lord, fill me up till it overflows and let it touch our church as well. And this is my prayer. I wasn't just there to selfishly take, but I was there to receive. Why? So that I can again give out again and again and again. This morning, I know I'm aware of the time, but to be honest, I don't care. Uh, maybe the kids' ministry, they're going to care after and I'll, I'll hear about it, but it's, it's okay. We are here because we, we want God. We're here for Him. We're not here to play church and just check the box, church. We are the church. And when I was in Bible school... My world got rocked because I wasn't really ready for Bible school. 
you know, Leah, you're, you're, not, you're ready, but you're not ready. I'll just give you the heads up. But when I, when I went, like, obviously, I, ha- I was prepared. I had my new Bible. I had my notebooks and stuff. But I wasn't prepared for the workload. I wasn't ready f- to read that much scripture in that short amount of time. I remember this one class. It was Brother Moranville. And, you know, they give you the required reading. It was not just Bible, but it was textbooks as well. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is intense. And I had a New Testament class, and they're like, you got to read the whole New Testament. Then I had a Book of Acts class, and they're like, you got to read through the whole Book of Acts in four different translations. And I thought, but I'm already reading the New Testament. How am I going to read this? Plus textbooks. You see what I'm saying? I wasn't even ready for, for, for the workload, let alone the heart load that God wanted to do, the work here. And so in Brother Moranville's class in particular, you know, we had a, cl- a class test a couple of weeks in, and I was trying my best to keep up on everything. But, you know, I cared about my grades. I did. And on his test, every question was worth one mark. So if you got one wrong from 100%, now you're down to 99% grade. And so the last five questions of the test were, did you read chapter 1? The next question, did you read chapter 2, 3, 4, 5? And I was like, I will lose five percentage marks because I didn't read those five chapters. So you know what I did? I said, yes, I read, yes, I read, yes, I read, yes, I read, yes, I read. But here's the logic I had behind it, because I know the Lord's watching, as well as the guy sitting next to me. I was like, what do we do? And I said, he's not going to correct the test, because he's not home, or, you know, I knew knew he had a couple of classes. So I said, this afternoon, after lunch, I'm going to go straight to my room grab the textbook, and read the five chapters so that by the time he gets the test on his desk at home, (laughs) and it'll say, Jonathan, did you read? Yes, 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 yes. I wasn't prepared to lose the five percentage marks on that test. And that's how I justified my actions. Now, when it came time to the Bible reading, I got a bit smarter. You know, there's the verse that, verse that says, we have it on the screen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, we didn't have the version Bible app where you could just press play. So instead, what I did is I found someone in the dorm who had like a CD Bible and it was literally that thick. And so I like downloaded, I think every chapter was a different MP3 file. So by the time it finished, I had like, I don't know how many thousands of MP3 files. But at night, I would go to bed. And if I had to read, you know, Acts chapter 1 to 10, I would just press play. And I would just lay in my bed and fall asleep. It's not that funny, I know. But that's what I used to do in in my first semester. Because I felt like, well, I could justify my actions, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So I would just play the word, and then when the test came for Brother Moranville, and it said, did you now read this book of the Bible or these chapters? I was like, yep, yep, because I I listened to it. You know, the word of God is worth so much more than a percentage grade on a test. Church, I don't know if you value the word of God, 
But Romans 10, 17, we read it. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I also want to establish that there's a difference between hearing and then receiving the word. You see, as I was lying in my bed, maybe my ears and my brain were able to hear it for a little while, a couple of minutes until I dozed off. But you can't receive the word in that context because you're not listening to receive. You're just listening to hear and to check off a box. When we come around the word of God today, we're not just coming to hear the word. We're coming to receive the word. The word has been given The word is here. It's written. It is finished. It is here. But we need to receive the word. You could hear the word and you could sit in church every single Sunday. And I want to say thank you for faithfully coming. But don't just come. Come to hear the word. But go beyond that. Come to receive the word for your own life. Because it will transform you from the inside out. John 15, 7 says this, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. But what's the condition? You have to remain in me and my words remain in you. So you can't just hear the word. It's not enough. You have to receive the word. You have to receive it. And when you receive it, that means then you're applying it to your life. You take what you are hearing, you're receiving it, and it changes who you are. You see, this is the power of God's Word. It's alive and it's active, Hebrews 4 tells us. And it's important that we understand that it has to remain in you. The Word of God comes, but it has to remain. It's not one in one ear, out the other. That's just hearing Right? Listening. We tell our kids, Don't you, did you hear what I said? Yes, but are you listening? Right? There's a difference. The comprehension part. So when it comes to the Word of God, we have to go beyond just, did you hear me? Yes, Lord, I heard you. But it's, I've received the Word now. I comprehend the Word of God. And now it changes me. It changes who I am. And I want you to know today that God wants to birth through you things that he wants accomplished in your life. He wants to birth things in you and through you for the things that he wants to see you do to fulfill your calling, your purpose, and your destiny. But listen carefully. Before he births something through you, he speaks a word to you. Before he births something through you, He speaks a word to you. A literal example, very literal, is Mary and Joseph, right? She didn't get pregnant and then have to like, let's reverse engineer this process, what happened, right? She didn't have to do that because the word came first. Mary, this is what's going to happen. Joseph, this is what's happening, right? Because he he thought, oh my goodness, what are you saying? But, But the word of the Lord came And then he had understanding of what was going on. Before he births something through you, he speaks a word to you. Noah in the Bible is another great example. He builds a boat. Now, I don't know anyone who has built a boat except for Richard, where we used to live in Burlington. 
Uh, we were renting the basement, and the car port was ours, but uh, he was not ashamed, and he said, is it okay if I just borrow this section of the carport? I was like, okay. Uh, I'm not polite because I'm a Canadian. I'm polite because I'm a Christian, and so he's my neighbor, so I was like, sure, and uh, he ended up taking the whole entire summer, uh, and I couldn't park our vehicle there, and he built a canoe, <laughs> and he painted that thing bright red, and it looked beautiful. He, he was a woodworking teacher, and uh, he said, oh, I'm, now I'm going to go to Nova Scotia and, and go canoeing with my wife. I was like, that's awesome, and you used my carport to do that, but that's awesome, <laughs> but, you know, besides Richard... Richard, that's what we kept saying to him every time we saw that, that big canoe there, Richard. But, but besides Richard, I don't know of anyone else who builds a boat that's not close to the water. <laughs> right? I mean, it was in our carport. Usually if you're going to build a big vessel, you would do it close to the water and then you just kind of offload it. That's how my brain thinks at least. But for Noah, the word of the Lord comes. And, and it's, there's land. There, there's no rain there's a drought, and the word of the Lord is to him, build this boat, build this ark. And it, it would have taken him, scholars believe, more than 75 years to build this thing. So it's not just like a, a three months and then, okay, I'm done with people making fun of us. This was 75, some scholars even said up to 100 years even, it could have taken to build this large, large boat. And in Genesis 6, God told him what and why. He said, this is what's going on on the earth. And this is, this is why I'm going to do it. In verse 13 of Genesis 6. Then in verse 14, God's word to Noah is even how to go about doing it. Use this kind of wood. These are the measurements of how big the ark has to be. Make sure that there are rooms and all of these things, the word of the Lord came first. And then look in Genesis 6.22. It's not on the screen. I say look, but let's consider it. But write down if you're taking notes. 22, verse 22. So Noah did everything exactly as God commanded. So the word of the Lord comes, but you can't just hear it. You have to receive it. And you have to then allow it to change the course of whatever you're, you were doing before. And you have to do what God has asked you to do. So the word of the Lord came to Noah. And the, the idea is this. When I carry his word, faith manifests in my life. Faith manifests in my life. So his word comes not just to encourage us. It does. But it comes to ignite faith in you and in me. And these two points that I'm taking, I took from that first session because there was an undoing in my life that I'll get to at the end of the message where God dealt with me in such a specific way that I didn't even know I was dealing with. And, and I was trying to tell it to my wife. It was late at night and I don't know if she was half asleep or not. But, but like God did a deep work in me and I didn't even know I needed the work. But his word came. And so these two points that I'm going to share, I took from that sermon. I'm not plagiarizing, but the Lord spoke to me so much so that I said, people at Weston need to hear this and be set free in the name of Jesus. 
Number one, faith manifests in preparation. Faith manifests in preparation. You might not be familiar with the word manifest unless you've heard demon possession or a demon manifested. But let me give you the dictionary definition of the word manifest. Clear or obvious to the eye. And so faith becomes clear and obvious when we prepare. That's the idea of point number one. Faith manifests in preparation. Faith becomes clear and obvious when we prepare. And so the word should cause you to prepare. The word should cause you to prepare. Noah didn't wait to see the rain. He didn't. He started building the ark when there was no rain. He started building the ark on the land. He received the word of the Lord and it ignites faith in him. And so, you know, if someone says, Pastor John, uh, we're gonna, is it okay if we come over to your house? You know, we just want to hang out for a bit. And, and we're like, sure, let me just check the dates. We're good. Am I going to wonder if they're actually going to show up at 6 p.m.? I mean, depends your reputation, but, right? Am I going to just kind of hear that and then just go, okay, well, whatever, Right? No, if, if we make plans for 6 p.m. on Saturday night, you best bet that my wife's going to make me scrub the floors, that I'm going to vacuum the upstairs carpet and then the hardwood floor, and then I'm going to polish it, make it look good, and, and we're going to take out all the garbages, make sure the bathrooms smell nice. and We do all of these things. Why? Because we're acting on a word. 6 p.m., people are showing up. Faith manifests in preparation. So then when it comes to the things of God, and God speaks a word, and we do nothing, what is it saying about our faith? What is it saying about the word of God in our lives? Do we value the word of God? I think the big problem that many of us face is that we value the word of people more than the word of God. And we are quick to prepare when people, and we make plans and make arrangements, and we move and we hustle and we do it. But when it comes to God, we're kind of like, ah, if I feel like it, God, was that really you? Right? But if, if so-and-so said 6 p.m., let's go. I'm going to use my PC points on this, on this visit. We're going to get the cheese platter. Right? Someone gets me. And we, we, we move. We're quick to prepare on, on the word of a person. But when the word of the Lord is spoken and we do nothing, I don't think that's, I don't think that's how God meant it for us to be. Amen? And I know this is a very sobering point in the message. But this is the word of God and it hit me so hard. That we move when someone speaks. And when God speaks, we do the exact opposite many times. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter 4 of, of this widow who has nothing. And literally, she's about to bake a cake and die. And the word of the Lord comes to her. And we're talking about faith manifests in preparation 
I want to just turn real quick to 2 Kings chapter 4, if you have your Bible. 2 Kings chapter 4. And we're just going to read two short verses. Verse 5 and 6. So she did as was told her. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. And look at verse 6. Soon every container was, filled, was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. There's the idea, and now this isn't a law. It's just a principle in God's word. Why do I say that? I mean, God can choose to bless you however he wants in whatever condition and context. But when we look at this, we just understand that there's a principle, that faith manifests in preparation. So as long as they had jars, there was oil. And so she was like, come on, guys, this is amazing, a miracle. Bring more jars. And they're like, we don't have any. They, they would have gone to their neighbors, taken all the jars, and they had no more. And it says the oil, the flow of oil stopped. And so in our lives, may we be marked by preparation that when the word of God comes, we don't just sit down and wait for it, but that we are preparing for what God has already spoken for us and spoken over us. He wants to birth something through you, but first he's going to give you a word. When the word comes, prepare. Get ready. And uh, I heard this this past week that if God, let's say, is calling you to preach in stadiums and, and this is the kind of calling he has on your life, your next step isn't to go and rent, you know, like the biggest stadium in the city, right? A lot of times that's where we get caught up. But the next step is to begin to prepare. Begin to prepare. Prepare your heart. Uh, prepare. Maybe it's, hey, I'm not going to speak in front of a stadium if I can't even speak to my small group or to, uh, to my own kids or to my own coworkers. Start with one before you're going to get ready to, to speak to millions. That's the kind of principle and idea that we're talking about. Take the first step. Prepare. Get yourself ready. In Bible school... I remember the first thing, they're like, give your testimony. Before you're ever going to preach a sermon in front of people, you're going you're gonna to share your testimony. And I did that time and time again when we would travel with the, the, the ministry team and the band that I played in. And, and then, sure enough, after a couple of months, they're like, hey, tonight, can you bring the word? And I started again, not with something far out, but something I, I knew a lot about, which was worship. And I, and I spent time there and before I started growing in that gifting and in that calling. So faith manifests in preparation. And then the second one is faith manifests in proclamation. Proclamation. And it's the idea that what comes out of your mouth matters. You know, again, that definition of manifest is clear or obvious to the eye. So when faith manifests in proclamation, it is faith that's becoming clear and obvious when we're proclaiming it. Proverbs 18.21 is a familiar scripture, and here's what it says. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Well, are they good or bad? Well, it depends. 
Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? The power of life and death is in the tongue. For too many of us, it's negative. It's negative. And we just allow our our feelings and our emotions and our mood to determine what comes out of our mouth. But there's a story in the New Testament of Elizabeth and Zechariah, Luke chapter 1. And they are the parents-to-be of John the Baptist. And by the way, John the Baptist was an important person. Why? Because he was the forerunner who was going to prepare the way for Jesus. He was the forerunner. So he was a very important child, John the Baptist. And so his parents, the word of the Lord comes to them. And you would think that they would be eager and ready to receive this word of the Lord. But his response was very clear in Luke chapter 1, verse 18. And here's what he said. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? In other words, like he's doubting it, like, are you serious? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God, and it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, And here's why. For my words, not your words, Zechariah, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. And so the angel puts Zechariah on mute for nine months. Could you imagine? It said that he walked out from where he was and he wasn't able to speak. People thought, like, what happened in there? You could read the whole story for the context of that. But, you know, was the angel being mean to Zechariah? No, he wasn't. What I think God was doing in this whole thing was saying, you got to close your mouth and stop talking because I need this child to be born because he's going to be the forerunner for Jesus. God has a bigger plan and and a bigger purpose, but faith manifests in proclamation. And so if he couldn't speak faith over this situation and receive it, then the angel said, it's better and best you stay quiet. There are seasons where you need to stop talking. If nothing good is about to come out of your mouth, shut your mouth and stop talking. I I was going to say another two words, but in case there are younger kids or my son listens to the sermon one day, Dad, you said shut up. But there are seasons where we need to take that, parents, we need to take that advice and stop talking. And we need to, Lord, if you spoke it, I receive it, and now I'm going to proclaim that which you have said. You know, I, I do want to say this. When there's unbelief in our heart, it's going to come out of your mouth eventually. Out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. And so, maybe some of us, you you have to pay more attention to what's coming out of your mouth. You know, and it has nothing to do with, well, Pastor John, you're an optimist. I'm a pessimist. It's natural. No. I'm not talking about, you know, your feelings and your thoughts. I'm talking about faith and what God has spoken. And that's what we proclaim. It's not a feeling. 
Because oftentimes you're probably not going to feel like what God is telling you. Oftentimes you don't see what God sees in you. And so if the word of the Lord is just based on a feeling, well, it'll never be great. And it'll never be good because none of us are ever good enough. We're not. God alone is great. But guess what? He puts that greatness inside of you by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen? Come on. I'm speaking faith over you. Some of you don't even believe it for yourself, so I'm going to speak it over you. I heard a story about a, uh, a guest speaker that went to uh, speak at this youth group, and the youth pastor knew the kind of group that there was, and they were all, you know, misfits, rebels, troublemakers, no regard for the Word of God or His holiness or anything like that. But the youth pastor was sitting there, and when the guest speaker got up, he's like, man, this is a faith-filled group of young people ready to worship the Lord and ready to, to pour it all out at the altar and, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the youth pastor was like, did this guy not understand what I was explaining about this youth group? But what he didn't understand was no one else, if, if no one else is going to call out the greatness inside of you, then let it be done here in the house of God. No one, no one in the world is going to call those things which God has placed in you out. And so you're here today, and I'm going to call them out, that there are people here. God has called you to be light in a dark place, but you just kind of blend in. Stop blending in. Be light. This is the heart of our conference. I'm, I'm going to keep hammering it home till, till we're all there that weekend, ready to receive from the Lord, to be the light, to be the salt. There are some of you here who God has put an anointing to see people healed, that you are, you are supposed to lay your hands on, sick, on the sick and on sick people and see them healed. Not me, you. But you've just been too shy. And you've been like, well, what will people think? I had a conversation in Nashville with one of my Bible school friends. And he's in Nashville, at Franklin, just outside of Nashville, actually. And he told, we had this conversation as pastors. He's like, I know God wants to move in the gifts in our church. He's like, I just don't know how it's going to look like. And, and it's not that it's an image thing. It's just like there are people coming from all different walks of life and backgrounds of faith that how is this supposed to look like and work? And, and him and I just said, you know what? If God is going to move, let him move. We're going to step out of the way. And so if you're here, I know there are people here. God has anointed you to lay your hands on the sick and to see them healed. What are you waiting for? Do it. Take a step of faith. Obey the word of God in your life. Remember, faith, we said it. Faith manifests in preparation. Faith manifests in proclamation. If nothing good is going to come out, it's better to stop talking. But at the same time, we have to ensure that we are stepping out in faith when we understand and receive the word of God. Here's something that I want to set the record straight. Faith is not ignoring the fact that there's a mountain. In, in people's lives or an obstacle or a serious issue and problem. But faith is believing and understanding that there is a higher reality. Amen? A lot of times people get tripped up right on that thing. Because the minute we say, it is done in Jesus' name, you know, you're healed. And, and, and right away, I know that some of us, a wall kicks up because of our past experience. 
we're not being insensitive to the sickness or the disease or the problems or the brokenness or the hurt or the abuse or the past or any of those things or, the, or even the offense that has taken place in your life. We're not being cold and callous. We're just saying we're understanding that this is a mountain in your life. But what we also understand is there's a higher reality There's a higher reality, and this is what faith does in our hearts. Faith is the fact that there is depression, but there's a higher name than depression. It is the name of Jesus, and it's what's coming out of the mouth. The question is, what is coming out of the mouth, my mouth? And is it Jesus' words, or is it not? I'm going to ask Ben if you would come back to the stage, to the platform today. And I want to share with you, as they come, what God did in me in, the, in that first session at the conference. I was coming and, and I was ready to receive. I said, God, I, I'm here for you. Lord, I'm here for, for my family. Lord, I'm here for my church. And you know what God did? I had to write it down and, and to articulate it just clearly without rambling. So I'm going to read it. Many of you know what happened last year to me. With my heart. At age 36, the doctors discovered that my main artery was narrow. I was diagnosed with coronary artery disease, and the doctors said so, the word of people that we talked about the doctors said I would be on blood thinners for life, cholesterol meds for life, and everything else that came out of that doctor's mouth as, as well intentioned as he was and he was right because that's what the fact was but it felt like a death sentence for me that's what it felt like every word that was coming out I know they were trying to help me and they still are trying to help me but the reality is I was as those words were hitting me it wasn't bringing life to my situation it was just feeling like it's another layer of dirt that is being put on me. And it's not the doctor, it's the devil. I understand that. I didn't even know the effect that it had on me as a person. Not as a pastor, as a person, as a human receiving this news, as a husband to my amazing wife, as a father to my children. I didn't even know the effect it had on me. But I, on, on Thursday... I wrote, but tonight after hearing the message, I realized that the words that the doctor spoke over my life had a stronger hold on me than the prophetic words God spoke over my life. When you prayed, and I was writing this to the person, I wrote the message to the person who prayed. When you prayed, God revealed to me the root, and I felt hope stirring up in my heart for the first time in a year. I could smile, no problem. But uh, the reality is, I believe God's word. But the problem was this. The problem was this. That I was holding on to the words of the doctor so closely that I began to say to God, 
said to God, I forgot all the words that he had spoken over my life. That I, that I would speak in front of thousands. And I would say, God, how can I? I have a heart disease. told you all I did was cry at this conference but it's because when the word of the Lord comes we have to receive it and when it comes the faith manifests in preparation that before I could ever stand on a stage to speak to thousands that's not my goal that was the word that God gave but I have to be faithful to speak in front of our church and whatever people God would bring. And I'm not looking to, to, to get in front of a bigger crowd. Couldn't care less. But if God spoke it, I have to prepare. But for too long I was hung up on the word of the doctor that this is for life and you can't travel, you can't get travel insurance, like all these things. I said, I'm 36. And I just began to believe that I, it, was, it was a very limiting thing in my life. But I want you to know, church, that this week, I didn't even know that I was dealing with this. But God dealt with me in such a way that I don't care. You maybe never have seen me cry, but I could care less. Because all I care about is that you would get the word that God has for yourself. Thank you. That you would receive the word of the Lord. It has to stir us. It has to move us beyond what we are comfortable with, beyond what people have said, and it has to move to the place where we are acting in faith, where it's clear and it's obvious to the eye. Our preparation and our proclamation. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet today. <clears throat> I want to end by saying this. At week 18, the baby starts to develop the ability to hear in the mother's womb can't hear everything but it starts to hear sounds week 24 the baby is more sensitive to sound but then something amazing happens week 25 and 26 it starts to hear beyond just the womb and and it says that well it research shows that babies can hear outside the womb and especially the voice of mommy the baby can hear when mommy's speaking. The baby can hear what mommy's saying and singing. It becomes familiar and distinguishable to the baby. Why and how does this happen? It happens because there's time spent together, proximity. It happens because there's this beautiful bond that's happening when we're together, baby and mommy. 
my suspicion is that when you say you can't hear God as our Father, it's not because He's not speaking. It's because you can't distinguish His voice. It means that you're not close enough or you're not spending enough time to get familiar with it. And when we don't do that, God's voice just becomes noise in a crowded room. It just sounds all the same. But I want you to know, church, that when you spend time with the Father, you begin to distinguish His voice. When you spend the time, you begin to hear clear. And I believe that one of the biggest things going against us is time. It's a precious commodity that keeps slipping away. You can't pay more money to get more time. Everyone has 24 hours in a day. I took three days away from my wife, my kids, and our church. I wasn't in the office because I needed to recalibrate so that I could hear his voice again. My question is, how desperate are you to hear and receive the word of the Lord? That you would spend the time with him. There's nothing like his presence. There's nothing like his presence. There's nothing like his presence. And it took me going all the way to Nashville for him to, to, to undo in my heart things that I didn't even know were affecting me. And that's why I, all I could do as a response is weep and weep and weep. But this is the kindness of God that he loves us so much that he speaks a word for us not just to go in one ear and out the other but that we would receive the word today and i'm going to ask all over this place if you're here and you need a word number one it's already been given to us but that you need to receive it today i'm going to ask you to slip your hands up as high as you can as a sign to god Listen, I'm not crying to be emotional, to manipulate the moment. I'm responding to the weight of what I feel God is ready to do in this place. As your hands are lifted up, the word of the Lord is yours. The word of the Lord is yours. Get hungry. Be expectant. Every time you wake up, open the word. Before you go to bed, open the word. Ask God to speak and then listen. Spend time with the Father. Spend time with the Father. If you can't hear His voice, it's not the preacher's fault. If you can't hear His voice, you're not close enough to your Father, God. So in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you today. Lord, you see every hand that's raised. And Father, I don't know the work that you need to do in the hearts of these people here today or those who will listen one day on the sermon podcast. But God, this is a holy moment. Lord, a time where we have heard the word and now we're simply responding. God, we raise our hands in surrender to your word. Lord, we raise our hands saying that God, we desire you, not just the word, but we desire you. And as you are here, Lord, we will receive the word. Lord, and as we draw near, you draw near to us. And so, Father, today I pray that you would speak. And as you speak, that we would not harden our hearts to your word. But, Lord, that you would open up our hearts today, Father, in the same way that your word came and spoke to me 
a few days ago in a deep way today would you speak to your people father would you speak to your people to your church would you build us up in our most holy faith in the name of jesus in the name of jesus for those of you that are here i feel like you're a lot like me you've heard the word from people and it's caused you to believe and to think in a specific way. And today God is saying, would you hear my word? Would you hear my word? Like Zechariah, the angel said to him that my word will come to pass, not yours. And so today I believe God is speaking. God is speaking and his word has to be louder than the word of people. And you have to hear it. Don't harden your heart. And I believe he's working here in ways that we don't see, but it's clear to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Lord, let your word go out and touch every heart. Your word never returns void, but it always accomplishes that which you set it out to accomplish. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Come on, open up your mouth and thank him for the word, church. We thank you for your word. You sent your word and healed our disease. Thank you for the word of encouragement. Thank you for the word of breakthrough. Lord, for the word of freedom. In the name of Jesus, the word of deliverance, of salvation. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, today. We thank you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I want to declare over every single person in this room that every word God has spoken and every promise that he has spoken over your life shall come to pass in Jesus' name. It's the year of promise for Weston. Every word shall come to pass. Thank you, Lord. And as, as the God-appointed leader of this church in this season of our history and time, I want to declare what God has spoken to me as, as my witnesses. The, you know what God spoke over my life? This is why I had such a hard time so that you will be in front of thousands and you will be a forerunner to this young generation and you will go places where even the devil himself is afraid to go and and that was the first word i ever received and i want you to know church that every other word i've received since then has built upon that foundation in my life and so i test everything that that comes my way and, and to the point where just a few weeks ago, many of you remember Lee Grady. He messaged me in, in a text as he was like in some other remote part of the world. I'm like, why would he think of me? But I believe God put me on his heart. He said, I've been praying for you. And I sense that God is wanting to expand the mantle or God is expanding the mantle of your leadership. And, and, and I'm just like... You know thinking of all this stuff and what a crazy year but but God keeps speaking more more bigger more and I just keep saying okay God how though right so just giving you the context leading up to what God did in my life 
Is it real? Yes. You know, and we're still believing and I'm praying for healing. Absolutely. I feel good though in my body. I want you to know that I feel great. But at the same time, that's just one reality here on earth, right? Faith is seeing the higher reality. And so I say, Lord, what you have spoken in my life will come to pass. What you have spoken in our lives as a church, as, as families here, as individuals, shall come to pass in Jesus' name. You know, one, one word of promise in our year was that we would hire a staff member, and if not, a couple of more. And today, I'm going to invite Pastor Miguel, Tasha, Landon, and Harlow to come up. deacons to just join us here and uh, Pastor Miguel preached at our church on June 30th and uh, they're actually all here and we had a great a great time of ministry but at the same time what we have to recognize is that God has been speaking to their hearts as well and I'm just gonna take the liberty um, that you know Pastor Miguel went through Bible college and uh, was working in ministry and, and most recently was in the marketplace. And it doesn't matter where you are, God knows where to find you. Amen? And so he was, you know, working well and, and being promoted and all of these things when uh, he saw the position and the opening. And from what I understand, God had already been working in their hearts and, and God was putting that desire again for full-time ministry. And so the timing wasn't a fluke or accidental or a coincidence, but it was God's divine appointment and timing that when He sends a word, that His word comes to pass. And, and we respond in faith with the pro, pro, uh, preparation and proclamation. But here's the cool thing. Last year, we weren't looking to hire a connections pastor, actually. We were looking at actually hiring someone to help with youth and with music. And I was telling our board, and we're all here, and, and they could not if, if I'm telling the truth, that, that I said, I don't feel like this is the right thing. And, and I, I basically said, let's pull down that, that ministry description off the website, off of the postings, and I just sensed God was shifting things around in December of 2018 to this position for where God has us today. And so that position is the position of a connections pastor. Basically, in a nutshell, from new people coming in, getting integrated, discipling and growing into a position of serving in the house of God, um, this is the role of the Connections Pastor, among other things. Uh, but really what I'm interested in doing today is laying on our hands because it's a biblical principle. And it's, we see it in the book of Acts. We also see it in the book of Numbers where uh, Moses laid his hands on Joshua and commissioned him to lead in the way God has called him to. I want us uh, to gather and pray, but I want you to know that we recognize God's calling on your life that there's a ministry and a gifting for the ministry that God has given you 
And as much as our church has a culture and a flavor, your ministry is your ministry. And as a church and as a, a leadership team, we want to lay our hands to commission you, but also in a releasing that God would release you and we release you to operate in the gifting and in the calling and anointing that God has placed on you. You're different than me, and that's good. And, and we release you to be who God made you to be as a family, to grow, that this is a place, an environment where we want to see you flourish as a family, and that God would just do incredible things through our ministry together and as a church through our collective ministry together that we will see our city transformed. So we're gonna lay our hands. Church, would you stretch your hands as we commission him and welcome him on staff here at Weston and welcome his family to the church as well. Father, we thank you today for simple faith and obedience as they've picked up from London, Ontario, moved their family to a new city to answer the call of God. Father, I thank you for Miguel. I thank you for Tasha, for Landon, and for Harlow. God, I thank you for their willingness to say yes. And Father, amen. Father, as they're here today, we commission them for the work that's in front. Lord, that there is a great harvest, and it's ripe, and it's ready. And Father, we're ready to run in step with what you're doing. Father, at the same time, we release them to the full ministry that you've given them. Lord, that you've given Miguel, that you would, Lord, fan into flame the gift of God in his life. And Father, we're excited to see how you're going to use this couple and this family. Lord, we welcome their ministry to Weston. Lord, we welcome their family to this church, to this family. God, that you would use him in an incredible way, that you would use them. Lord, we, we, we take off our expectations of them as individuals. And Father, we just say, let them do according to your word in their lives and, and the faithfulness that they will carry out the work of your kingdom. We thank you in advance for this incredible family. God, we are excited for what you're doing at Weston and that they are a part of it now as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.